good to see all of you. And uh, how many were here last time I was here? How many were not here last time I was here? See, I tend to drive people away. I'm just surprised you came back again. That's good. That's good. Well, I brought along my... Uh, anybody know what this instrument is, by the way? Oh, go ahead. It's not a drum. Okay. Anybody? A what? A saxophone. A flute? No, it's not a flute. It, it is a saxophone. It's a Christian saxophone. It's been straightened out, you know. It's been straightened out. All right. Well, the song I'd like to play for you without a lot of uh, delay here is, um, uh, you know, we are the world's Bible. You know, they look at us as Christians, and what, what do they see? And I want to make sure that as we live our lives that what we see is going to be true to what the Scripture says that we should be. Okay? We don't want to live a hypocrisy. So uh, I play the song. The words go, you ask me why I'm happy, and I'll tell you why. My sins are gone. And... Um, and I trust that, uh, that our lives will reflect that joy as we live our daily lives. Brother, would you start it? Way up. tonight. Um, for those of you uh, who I've not met before, let me just give you very quickly uh, where I'm from. I'm from uh, Maryland. I was raised in upstate New York and I was raised in the Bellevue uh, Assembly up in Schenectady, if you know where that is. And uh, this week I'm uh, uh, in ministry at the Boca Raton Chapel and, um, uh, and having a, a wonderful time of fellowship, meeting various people and, of course, uh, letting them know about the opportunities that are out there to um, reach um, out to the young people in the United States that have never heard the gospel, many of them. So um, tonight, well, I would like to uh, use some slides uh, you'll see here, and um, I would like you to ask questions as I go along rather than just sort of sitting there. If I don't say something or don't make it clear, just call out. I don't want to, you know, wait for your hand. Just call out and ask questions. 
because this is an opportunity for us to sort of learn more about what I believe is one of the most amazing opportunities we have as Christians to reach uh, young people in America with the gospel, a perfectly legal, unique way to reach them for Christ. So um, with that introduction, well, let, let me just give you a little background. I'm the chairman of the chairman of the board of School Ministries. Now, School Ministries is a, um, a 501c3, for those of you who understand, not, it's a not-for-profit. It's like any other Christian organization as far as how we are organized. Um, but we are a national organization, and what we're doing is trying to spread across the United States, one, the understanding that this is available, and, um, and two, how to do it. And then third, of course, to bind us together so we can support one another in prayer and fellowship. So that's sort of the idea here. And I know that uh, I had lunch with um, uh, Malcolm and Dave Bosworth yesterday uh, on this, and uh, we continue to pray that God will open up a ministry here to the local schools because uh, I think some of the statistics I'm going to show you tonight is going to be amazing as far as um, what it's really like out there. Maybe some of you, it's not a surprise, but I'll tell you, it's, it's quite an amazing thing to see. Okay, that is not my, a misspelling of my name. I'm James O'Brien, O-B-R-Y-O-N. Uh, that's an unusual spelling, but I'm a strange guy, so just get over it, okay? Here we are. Christianity in a secular world, and we are in a secular nation today. Uh, virtually half of all the public school students in America today have no church home at all. They don't go anywhere, let alone a church that preaches the truth. You know, they might go Christmas time and Easter. Well, they're scored as going to church, even though they might not go often. And when they do, they don't hear the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just like my mom. She went to a, um, I won't mention, but a mainline denominational church all her life. She told me just before she passed away a few years ago, she says, Jim, you know, I went to church. She said, but all I really knew about Christianity was at Christmas time I got presents, and at Easter time I got candy, and then on Good Friday I was supposed to be sad, but I didn't know why. She said, that was my, th that was my Christianity. And I think there's a lot of people in the same boat. They go to church, and they go to the dinners, and they go to the socials, and they go to the various events, but they don't know the gospel. They've never heard it. Or if they've heard it, it's not, it's not clear. So let's just go through this, and I'd like to sort of have our, our, our eyes open and our souls open as we go through this. What is the largest unreached people group in America today? It's the public schools. It's the public schools. 53 million public school students in grades kindergarten through 12th. 53 million. That's more than many nations around the world, just these kids. 53 million in public schools, and as I mentioned, nearly half of them have no home church at all. How academically or devotionally can we reach these students? Now, when I say academically, I mean this. Academically means this is what the Bible is, and there's how many books there are, and this is who Moses was, and this is who, you know, where Palestine is, and, you know, this, these are the miracles of Jesus. That's academic teaching of the Bible. Okay, that's one thing. But then there's another which is much more involved in changing our heart, which is devotional. In other words, this is just, it's not just this is the Bible, but how can this Bible change your life? 
not just here but in the hereafter as well. So that's what I mean by devotionally. Okay, in other words, teaching not just uh, who people are and what languages there were and what the miracles were, but how does this apply to you? How does this apply to me? And what kind of hope can it can it provide to us? Now, currently, we can reach students before school. You know, we can have prayer meetings before if you get permission from your public school. Um, or also, you could try to reach them during the school, but right now, that's sort of illegal um, in the school. You can reach them after school. We have a number of programs that meet students after school, like um, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes for some of the high schools. You can reach them through Youth for Christ or um, uh, various other outreaches that maybe you're familiar with down here in Florida. And you can also reach them during like the summer vacation with child evangelism, uh, five-day clubs and weekend clubs and things, and weekends. And then, of course, hopefully maybe sometimes you reach them in Sunday church. But what we're after right now is to reach students in school I'm sorry, to reach students that are, that are in school during the school day. And not just to teach it academically, but to teach it in a life-changing way. That's really what we're talking about. You know, we'd like to think that kids out there have at least an elementary, you know, a knowledge of what the Bible is. But um, as the statistics show, nearly half of all public school students, K-12, have no home church at all. Okay, that's 26 million with no church affiliation, and that includes all kinds of churches, any kind. Of these churches, many are not preaching the sound Christian gospel anyway. Okay, but you say to yourself, well, isn't it illegal? Isn't it illegal to teach the Bible during the school day to public school students? You know, separation of church and state and all these kinds of arguments that people like to use, and um, that's a very good question. Well... Teaching the Bible in public schools today academically is legal. Academically. How many have ever heard of Bible literacy? Bible literacy? Well, Bible literacy uh, project, BLP we call it, is teaching the Bible now in public schools academically. Okay, it's a, it's a book that's about this big. You can buy it. It's about $75, big, big colored book. And it goes through Christian art, it goes through geography, it goes through culture, it goes through the main characters of the Bible, one by one by one by one. And it is quite effective in teaching the Bible academically. And that's important. Why? Because the kids today, if you say turn to John chapter 3, they don't know what, they think John, the John's, the, you know, the bathroom down the, you know, on the third floor, they don't know what it is. So they need to know what the Bible is before you can start teaching them some of the truths that are in it. So uh, this program is going on. It's called Bible Literacy, and uh, it's going on in more than half the states across the United States. But it is illegal to teach it devotionally. In other words, Jesus died for you, and you need to receive him as your personal Savior and make that life-changing decision. That's illegal. You can't do that. You cannot do that. But I, I do want to say that this academic teaching is going on now. And uh, my good friend Chuck Stetson is the chairman of that board, and they're doing a great work. But it's not enough. Okay. Teaching the Bible devotionally to public school students during the school day is legal off campus. Off campus. Okay. You could be one foot away from the school campus, but you can't do it on the campus. Okay. Um, so school ministries or release time Bible education is what, what we're, what we're uh, fostering is what we want to talk to you about the most tonight. 
In other words, release time means you are released from public school during the school day, like the fourth period or the second period or whatever it might be, to go to a nearby church or facility. It could be a mobile classroom or it could be a home, for that matter, uh, to get Bible teaching. And then you leave and you get escorted back to school again and you continue on with your studies. So uh, that's really uh, something that a lot of people don't know is even legal. In fact, when we, when we go to various places and tell people about it, uh, the first thing they bring up is Madeleine Murray O'Hare. Didn't she say it was illegal and you couldn't do this anymore? So on? Well, the answer is release time has never been declared illegal, ever. It's been around for almost 90 years. But what's happened is it sort of vanished. It sort of went away because people just assumed you couldn't do it anymore, you know, after the 1960 uh, rulings of the court. Well, the Supreme Court has declared that release time Bible education is legal. And uh, so we want to make sure that we walk through that door that's been opened unto us. Even Time Magazine, this is a front uh, page of uh, the Time Magazine a little while ago, back in April of 07, why we should teach the Bible in public schools. It's an amazing article coming from Time. You know, this is not Christianity today. And uh, what they say is, Students must learn about the Bible. Bible knowledge is essential to basic cultural literacy. Now, they're talking now academically. Okay? Academic Bible courses require a textbook and teacher training. Okay? Now, the Bible Literacy Project, which I'm going to mention first, and then we're going to get into release time and how that fits together. Uh, the, the project talks about uh, art and culture and has various themes. It goes through every book of the Bible. And the way it's presented, it says Christians believe. And then they go on to say what Christians believe. Okay. And so on. And it's, it's quite effective, actually. Um, and it, it talks about the Bible's place in literary history and cultural history and so on. Three questions then to consider about academic study of the Bible in public schools. Is it legal? The answer is yes. Is it needed? The answer is absolutely yes. And then thirdly, how should it be done? And that's the question that uh, we, we're going to talk a little bit about now. Yes, it's legal. If it's taught objectively as part of a, you see, secular program of education, said the Supreme Court back in 63. But it also, in that same decision, stopped devotional reading of the Bible. Okay. In other words, any kind of reading of the Bible that would cause a person to try to change their lives because of it, have an impact on your life. In other words, Supreme Court saying it's okay to learn it up here, but just don't let it migrate down to here. So Bible literacy is important, and I believe that it is effective in some, a certain, to a certain degree because the Scripture promises the word will not return void. Okay? All right, let's move on. Uh, then there are guidelines that were published back in 99. There were 21 national organizations endorsing the guidelines to study the Bible academically. Okay? And these uh, secular organizations, some of them included the ACLU, can you believe? Um, so they're all after academic study. But you mentioned devotional study, and they go nuts. Because that's where the power is, you see. All right, the guidelines were endorsed by the National School Boards Association, the uh, American Jewish Congress, the National Association of Evangelicals, even some Muslim groups and Catholic groups endorsed this particular guide. Legal public school courses must, one, approach the subject academically, not devotionally. Okay? 
Study religion, not practice it. Okay? In other words, be an observer and a learner, but not practice. Educate about religions, not promote or denigrate any religion. In other words, put them all on sort of an equal level. You know, it's sort of a uh, uh, smorgasbord. You know, and then inform the student about beliefs, not try to conform the student. In other words, no conversions. Okay, so that's that's been a real issue. Is it needed? Uh, I think so. In fact, a, a, a survey was sent out to um, some 25 or so, 30 different uh, universities, and uh, the question was asked, do you believe an educated person needs to know about the Bible? Now, this survey went to Harvard and Yale and Princeton, a lot of liberal, very liberal universities, and the answer was, absolutely. An education of the Bible is important. Up here. Okay. 100% of the people said yes, and some very, very liberal people. And these are the things that they said you ought to learn about. You know, the Ten Commandments, Cain and Abel, all these different historical things, you know, that are listed in Scripture, okay? No, there's just not, not much about the gospel in there, okay? But a lot of events and people and events and things of that sort, okay? Let's move on here. This is what the book looks like. That's the front cover. Uh, it's the first student textbook for academic study of the Bible. Okay. And there are some of the pages. I'm not going to read those to you. All right, let me move on here. I don't want to spend too much time on the Bible and its influence, but the public schools are right now buying this book. And it's offered as an elective, just like shop or... Yes? In some places they do, in some places they don't. Sometimes a textbook is enough and it, and it includes certain verses of the Bible in the book. Because I understand what you're saying about academically and devotionally, yeah. but right, the, the Word of God is living and powerful, right? So in, in, in one way, right, they're going to... That, that's, that was my point, you know. Yeah. People say, well, you're just going to study it academically. Well, yes, but it's, it's like sharper than a two-edged sword. Come on, you're playing with a sword here. You know, and you can't come away unaffected. Okay, so... Um, but there's the website in case you're interested. But, uh, I mean, I'm not involved with these people directly. I'm not on the board. But I just wanted to alert you to the fact that it is being taught academically in public schools in some 30 states right now. Okay. And, by the way, the public schools are buying the books. Okay. All right. Now, here's where we're going to trans... Just to make sure we're all in, uh, in G here. This is where we're going to shift from academic study of the Bible in the public school to the devotional study of the Bible in public school, okay? Is it possible to teach the Bible devotionally to public school students during the school day? Yes. Using release time Bible education, teaching during the school day, academic and devotional, off campus. But it's got to be off campus. Okay? It cannot be on the school campus. And it can be as close as you want it to be. We've got some places that uh, the, the baseball diamond of the school ends here, and we have a, a mobile trailer right there, and we're teaching. Okay? The kids don't have to take a bus. They don't have to walk really anywhere. Just go out to the ball diamond, and there it is. Okay. okay. Um, this is our um, website. It's called uh, www.schoolministries.org. And in that website, we have literally hundreds and hundreds of pages of information. 
Now the website is divided into two pieces because since we don't want to have the ACLU and People for the American Way rummaging through the website to find out how they can defeat us, um, we have a password-driven section of the website that enables you to um, uh, uh, see things that the outside world will not be able to see. In other words, you need to be an affiliate of release time in order to have access to a lot of the website. Okay? But that is the front page of our website right there. And it has radio interviews. It's got uh, material on the laws of your particular state. It has uh, contact information for various other people that are doing this kind of work. I just thought I thought that was interesting. Unattended children will be given an espresso, espresso, and a, you know, and a free puppy. Yeah, right. Okay. But here are our current um, members: uh, Governor David Beasley, the former governor of South Carolina. Uh, Ken Bravik is our executive director. Um, Avery Hilton just joined our board this year. Uh, he's a former CEO of a major uh, steel corporation. Uh, Hunter Howard is a former uh, chairman of the United States Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Laura Hux is a teacher from uh, uh, Myrtle Beach. And then myself, and I'm the current chairman. Also Tom Shetlick, maybe some of you know the Shetlicks. Tom just joined our board this year. And uh, he's a major help because he's an attorney and his specialty is not-for-profits. So uh, that's very, very effective. Dr. Glenn Schultz is the pastor of the church that produced uh, Fireproof and some other uh, things. And then Dr. James Sweezy uh, uh, just joined our board this past year as well, and he's a professor at uh, Liberty University in Education. We're looking for probably two more board members to fill out the board. Let me move on here. It started in South Carolina as far as uh, release time. And uh, it grew rapidly back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, and then it fell dramatically in the 60s because of the Madeleine Murray O'Hare case and so on. But now there's a resurgence of release time Bible education across the United States. Right now, we have roughly, our best estimate is about 375,000 students involved. Okay. Uh, we're out in Oakland, California. We did a lot of research in Oakland on students that um, were involved and students that were not involved in, in release time to see whether there was any change in their behavior. And it turns out that um, even though the students miss an hour a day or an hour a week, the grades are better, okay? And there's less violence in the schools. And so we've got actually statistics that prove that release time is not just good spiritually, but it's also good academically, and it's also good uh, as far as the, the uh, morale of the school and the violence and so on. So we're able to sell release time to administrators who otherwise would be secular on that basis alone. And would you like to have something that's not going to cost you a dime? It's going to improve scores. It's going to improve the, you know, everything and, and so on, and they, how can they turn it down? Uh, we're building tools that people can use, various materials for, for uh, subject matter, although you can use your own if you wish. We're not forcing it on you as long as it's biblical. Okay? And we're working together with various organizations uh, trying to grow. For example, we're partnering with Child Evangelism, saying, listen, if you're meeting after school, why don't you meet during school? You know, why are you just waiting until after school? You can do it during the school day. You can? Yeah, yeah. So we're now working with various other organizations um, like Alpha, and Child Evangelism Fellowship and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. 
Okay. Also, back a couple of years ago, we were able to get successfully through a couple of state um, uh, legislatures a law that gives release time credit as an elective for high school students. So that's a major, major thing for us, and that's happening in a couple of other states right now, too. That's especially important when you're talking about um, uh, students that are really pressed and getting all their electives in and their credits to graduate. So if you can take this instead of shop or take it instead of home ec or something or French, um, you know, students can do this. Okay. And, of course, we're also pushing Bible literacy along the way. We're not trying to get in the way of each other. We're trying to encourage each other and work as partners. Okay. And then, of course, we're trying to grow it not just at the lower levels for the children, but also all the way up through 12th grade. Okay, uh, let's move on here. All right. Yeah, in certain states, Georgia, uh, South Carolina. And now we have a template, though, we can take to other states. So that's important. I mean, and that's how a lot of these uh, these activist groups do it. You know, they'll get same-sex marriage in one state, and then they take that law, and move it to another state, move it to another state, and you know, it's sort of it's it's a lot easier to move it once you get it through one. And so we're taking that same idea and using it as a template. Okay, so we're doing a lot of research. In fact, one of the things that Release Time is doing right now is we're trying to measure how well we're doing. You say, well, what are you talking about? You know, when I came to Emmaus Bible College, uh, uh, I took an exam the first week. All the freshmen came in. It was like 100 questions. And questions like, um, uh, what was Abraham's wife? What's her name? Uh, how many books are in the Old Testament? You know, just factual questions. And then when you graduate, you get the same exam, and you, know, you see how you do. Well, that's one way to, to determine whether you've learned anything. But what we're after is not just facts. But rather, how do they think? Is there a Christian worldview? You know, how do these students view the world? How do they view? What are their priorities, and so on? So we're working right now on a on a on a, uh, a tool that will help us understand how well they're learning, and uh, we'll make that available to other organizations as soon as it's done. Um, we're training, of course. We hold workshops at our national conference and uh, also other places locally. And, of course, there's a lot of networking going on. We have our annual conference coming up in March. That will be in South Carolina. Uh, of course, we're promoting it. I've been doing a lot of radio interviews. I was up at Boynton Beach at the Moody Studios uh, doing some, some uh, public announcements about release time. And we've been all over the country on song time and various other places. Um, let's see here. Come on. There we go. And also, of course, we're defending what we're doing, letting people know that this is legal and effective. Uh, these are some of the materials that we have available um, in our release time uh, set of supplies that you can get online. Okay, that's just one. Um, this particular one, let me just click on it again here. Come on, there you go. Uh, this is a summary of the results of the National Council on Crime and Delinquency report on release time. The study took place in Oakland, California, found that, and Oakland, California is a lot like Newark, New Jersey. It's very ethnically mixed, lots of violence, a lot of transient people coming and going, very rough neighborhood. 
after a year, participants perform better academically than their peers. Okay? And that was not a Christian organization that did that study. Okay. We also have the school minister's handbook. I know Dave uh, Bosworth had a copy of it, has a copy of it. And this basically is a, is a sort of a how-to book. It doesn't do all, it give you all the details, but sort of a rough idea how to go about setting up a release time program. It was created by working with directors and board members from a variety of different programs that were successful. And the handbook captures in three different ways a fictional narration, you know, sort of a for instance kind of thing, a description of what happens, and also various checklists of things you need to make sure you do. Okay. And that's, this comes along in what we call a first steps kit. So if you're interested in starting a release time program, we recommend that you get a first steps kit that consists of a number of different things, including uh, a DVD and some other booklets and things of that sort. Um, here's another book that was done for us, which is called Hardwired to Connect. What this is about is uh, it was a study that showed that students are made to have fellowship with God. We know that. We didn't need a study for that. But we wanted to, um, you know, see what this study would, would produce. Uh, and it indeed shows that when students don't have uh, this faith piece of their lives, uh, they act out in ways that are unacceptable in school. And we found that we're filling that void. Uh, who said it? Uh, I think it was St. Augustine. Oh, Pascal said there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man that can't be filled by any created thing but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. And that's true. Okay, let's move on here. Okay. Come on. All right. Uh, this project was funded by school ministries and it highlighted research done by the YMCA and the Dartmouth Medical School it found that children are hardwired to pursue religious questions. And when they fail to have this opportunity, a number of antisocial behaviors uh, become present, and it's very undesirable. Um, we also have get together and have various conferences and uh, various sessions on how to start programs and, and reports back on what was successful and what wasn't. And we share materials and things of that sort. And we certainly would invite you to come up to our next conference, which will be in March of this next year. Uh, we have an annual conference, which, believe it or not, is every year. Picked up, picked up on that. Okay. Um, we have school board presentations. We also have people that are actually former school board members that talk about what their concerns are and how they went about, you know, uh, getting approval for school ministries. We have a web uh, web page. Uh, you can get to it two different ways. One web, one the address is down at the bottom, www.schoolministries.org. And also, uh, the one that we use when we're talking to non-Christians is bringinghopetoyouth.org. You know, it, it, it's a little more, uh, what's the right word, uh, less threatening, so to speak. But they both go to the same web page. Okay. Then we have various media outlets where we're advertising release time as well. And we're in various journals. Uh, I brought some stuff. Dave, is Dave here? Yeah, I brought some. Make sure you don't go home without taking these things with you. Okay, very good. Um, here's some more materials. I'm not going to read them to you, but uh, these are things that you'll find on, the, on our web. The web, by the way, has hundreds and hundreds of pages. I mean, it's not just some little diddly thing that somebody threw together. It's very complex and very informative. Okay. Uh, but there's counseling information and there's legislation in there for your state. Every state has its own laws. Okay. But every law must conform with the Supreme Court's decision saying it's legal. Okay. 
Now, some states permit release time once a week in public schools, you know, every, each student. But some of them permit it every day, once, one period a day. I believe in Florida it's once a week. Okay. Um, we're looking at future growth, and of course we're looking at legal things, legal, various uh, hurdles we have to overcome to make sure it happens. Okay, there's our thing again. And I just wanted to include, this is just one note that came in to us from a, a little girl in sixth grade. Uh, Horry County is, in, uh, is, is out on the coast, uh, Atlantic coast uh, in uh, the Carolinas. This is my first time in release time. I and my mom have noticed a change in the way I act, think, and who I am. When I came to this class, I was depressed. You could not tell. But at night, I cried and cried. I've lost a, fa I lost a father and, and an uncle. It has been hard for me to understand. At times, I was angry at God, and I didn't want to love. I was always a Christian yeah, and went to church. That was She was equating that, obviously. I thought I was close to God. Now I have invited Jesus into my heart, and I'm closer, and so on. Thank you. You know, that that what's that what's that worth? You know, that's that's the kind of thing that we're looking for. Okay, I think that that was the last chart. If I'm not, oops, no, we got a couple more here. Sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the distinctive of release time, as opposed to school ministry, as, as opposed to um, um, Bible literacy. Okay. I mean, they're both important, but what changes your life is not just knowing about the Bible, it's knowing the Savior of the Bible. So... Um, we're not competing with each other. We each, each have a place. It's like a bookend, you know, two bookends. Sort of a, one is introducing them to the Bible, and the other one is, so now that you've heard about the Bible, how does it impact your life, and how does it change your heart? I'm sorry? Right. Absolutely. Right. 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 Now, the, the, the curriculum that we, we have, I mean, if a student comes, you know, once a week for a 17 or 18 week semester, you don't present the gospel every single week, obviously. You know, uh, the, the school boards have to review your curriculum. In other words, what's your lesson plan for this semester or this school year? And um, so they're not allowed to tell you you can't teach this or that. But what they want to see is an organized lesson plan that shows that you're not going to sit around and drink Kool-Aid and, and eat cookies. You know, they want to make sure it's, it's something that's well-structured and well-planned. Okay. Um, so there's a very fine line between them approving it and them, you know, uh, talking about what you can and can't teach. They cannot comment on, you can't teach that. Okay. They cannot do that. It's illegal. Um, uh, so... Um, so you want to come in with a lesson plan that's uh, keyed to that age group and also to the number of weeks that school system uses in its, you know, school year, okay? And that changes, you know, from state to state to state. So that's why we're organizing around states. We have right now state directors in uh, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, uh, Virginia, uh, Ohio, 
And we do have one that's in Florida, but it's just in its infancy. It's and it's up near Jacksonville. So uh, in Florida, we're basically just sort of getting started. We're not really growing. You know, we haven't we haven't really gotten haven't grown much so far. Okay, uh, but we do have a new person that's just come in into Florida. So I'm going to have to get some more information on that and get it to you. Okay. Um, but but uh, what we're trying to do is just to let the word be known, no matter how, you know how you can uh, how you can get it out, whether it's just through uh, talking to your neighbors, talking to people that you work with, um, talking to your friends on the school board, wherever it might be. Um, this is a powerful and unique ministry that I believe um, will not only uh, reach these young people uh, for the Lord. And by the way, you say, what kind of statistics do you have? We have looked at the number of students that come for the first time that trust Christ the first year. And the numbers are around 15 to 16%. That's an amazing statistic. And you say, well, how many students usually start, like, if you, let's make believe you go out to the sixth grade at XYZ Middle School or whatever. Um, maybe there's a class of 28 to 30. Uh, there's no typical thing, but if I averaged it all together, we might end up maybe getting six students maybe the first semester. Okay, The second semester, you might have 18. And what happens is it goes from being something that's sort of, I don't think I want to go to, I don't want to stay. I want to go. Okay. Um, so we found out it's the in thing to do once the students find out what it is. And uh, what we found out is that many uh, churches, when they start having them meetings in the church or in a church facility, uh, these students actually end up joining the youth group also. Okay, so it's a wonderful way to grow your youth group as well because these kids get used to coming into the church and, and meeting other kids that go to the church, and uh, it's a fantastic way to, uh, to, to, grow, the, uh, to grow the assembly as well. Uh, let, let me. Any other questions before I move on? I'm almost done here. Um, you've been so so obedient. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember how many more I've got here. Is that the last one? All right. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, you say, well, how does you have school ministries, but then you have release time. How do they relate? Just think of this, that release time is the name of the program. Okay. You get out of school, you're released, and you go to a various places to learn during the school day off campus. Okay. School Ministries has been formed to act as a national uh, catalyst, if you will, okay, to help people learn about release time. Okay, that's, that's what it is. So just think of uh, School Ministries as being a national come-alongside organization to help people start release time programs. Okay, that's really what it is. Okay, so we reach across the nation by establishing strong state-by-state -state release time programs. We have a unique ministry that competes with no other ministry. Okay, we're not competing with any of them. In fact, what we're trying to do is is partner with them. Okay, we have an unreached people group of some 26 million unchurched kids in our public schools at an age where they are most receptive to the gospel. You know, a minister, I think it was D.L. Moody, was asked one time when he came home from a service at a small church. Somebody said. Well, did anybody trust Christ as their Savior? He said, yep, two and a half. He went, two and a half? You mean two adults and one kid? He said, no, two kids and one adult. Do you understand what he's talking about? You reach a child, and that child's got his whole life in front of him. 
you know, to, to serve and love the Lord. Nothing wrong with reaching adults, but there's a whole bunch of reasons for reaching kids. One, the Bible commands it. Remember thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Okay? Okay. How many of you, let me just do a survey to make my point. How many of you trusted Christ before the age of 10? Okay, and I'm in that group. I was six. Okay, our hearts are soft. We're receptive. And I don't want people to tell me, well, you don't know what you're doing. I know. I remember the night I trusted Christ, March 6, 1948. I know I'm 83, whatever. But, no, I mean, I remember that night as clearly as if it was yesterday. I know the struggles I was going through in my heart as I lay in my bed. I couldn't sleep. I knew I was a sinner, and I needed to do something about it. And I woke up and got, got my dad up out of bed about midnight. And he got out and got his big Bible, and we knelt down next to the bed. And he opened the scriptures that I'd heard many, many times before. But that night I trusted Christ and invited him into my heart. So don't tell me that kids are too young to receive Christ. They're not. So it's really important to reach the kids while they're kids. Okay? There's a lot of other ministries that reach them when they're older. Okay? There's new technologies now that will enable us to be much more efficient and effective in reaching the public school students. Okay, we got the web. we got the Internet. We have uh, various DVD training materials and all that kind of stuff, and I thank the Lord for it. Let's go on. There's some more things, too. So here are our goals. Our board was, we just sat down and we said, what are, if somebody said, why bother with school ministries? Why don't we just sort of do it on our own? You know, we, we don't need uh, this um, organization. We'll just sort of go out and do it ourselves. One, we're bringing, our goal is to bring hope to youth and prepare students for life. That's our overall goal. Two, to bring a national awareness and focus to the benefits and opportunities of release time. In other words, let the world know that this is legal and effective and unique. Three, to establish the, uh, to, to enable the establishment of sta state and local release time programs across America. Also, to enable an effective training, sharing, successful methods, lessons learned, and materials to reach students. Okay? And we share them back and forth. Okay? But if you want to bring in your own, that's fine, as long as it's biblically sound. Okay? To provide a rich source of training materials that are biblically sound. Provide a forum for fellowship. Okay? And um, to develop affordable group insurance. We also offer a group insurance plan. If you become an affiliate of release time uh, of school ministries, we have a group insurance program that's quite uh, cost effective. Okay, and we can make that available to you. We're not paying for it, but we can make it available to you through release through um, uh, uh, school ministries. Okay. Um, also, to foster the passage of legislation in support of release time Bible education, which we've been doing right and left. To establish and maintain a national website, and uh, we right now are in the middle of, uh, of upgrading it again. To partner with other Christian ministries to reach America's youth and then serve as a national voice for, well, not the only voice, but I don't know of any others at this time that are looking at it nationally like we are. So we thank God for raising up this board and for others that are supporting us and giving to us and so on. This, we're going to conclude with this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's our director right there, Ken Bravik. 
Uh, Ken is a dad of uh, a couple of kids down in uh, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, he's our current executive director. Great guy, absolutely great guy. So with that, I'll stop talking, and it's just about 8.30. Any questions? I'd be happy to answer or try to answer anybody's questions. Absolutely. The Mormons are doing this in spades. Islam, Islam the, the, the Muslims are doing it also. Okay. You don't hear a lot about it. They sort of do it stealthily, you know. But you, just, to, just to let you know, I mean, it's very strategic what they're doing. And, uh, in fact, they're building their um, mosques, and, and, the, and the Mormons are building their churches right next to public schools. I wonder why. It's to proselytize. Okay. And uh, so uh, it, it's a shame that the Christian community is not more aware of some of these opportunities. We need to be aware. This is a warfare. But I'm thankful that he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world. And um, uh, so uh, our nation needs this. Our kids need this. Um, and I'm sure this is our Lord's heart, heart cry to, to reach out to these precious kids. You know, I would suggest that none of us criticize our public schools until we have done everything in our power legally to reach them. Okay? This started back around 1910. Nine, I'm sorry, 19... No, not nine. It's, it's 90... I think it's 94 years old. It was started by a pastor in Gary, Indiana. Okay? Uh, so, but it, it grew up to a couple of million back in the 30s and 40s. In fact, when I was going through elementary school at Draper Elementary School in Schenectady, New York, I used to go to release time. I went to the chapel. Our, our chapel, Bellevue Bible Chapel, was about a block and a half from the school. I, I was met by a couple of women from the chapel. They'd walk the kids up to our chapel, and we'd have our flannel graph lessons and stuff, and then they'd walk us back. Okay? So, I mean, it was going when I was in grade school back during the Civil War. <laughs> um, yeah. Teachers? We want to make sure that the teachers, uh, even though you might have a great desire to, you know, I really want to serve the Lord, you know, if you don't have a gift in teaching, you know, uh, sometimes there are other things that you can do. You know, you can advertise, you can uh, do mailings, you can uh, escort the kids or uh, help prepare the, the uh, teaching setting and so on, maybe if it's a video or, or uh, refreshments if they have them. Of course, we don't do refreshments a lot, but um, that seems to be what people expect. But this is teaching now. This is not entertainment. Um, but we do, um, there's no requirement that they have a teaching certificate. That's the question. Okay, there's no requirement. But as you know, some people really have a, a, a gift for teaching and other ones don't, you know. And I think most of you would know whether you have that gift or not. But maybe other people recognize it in you or not. So we're looking for people that have different skills, different gifts that they can bring to the table to, to make this happen. I believe this assembly certainly has enough uh, wherewithal to make it happen. Now, let me, let me explain. There's two ways you can organize. One is what we call a church-centric um, organization, which means, say, Boulevard chapel here would basically um, start it on your own. In other words, everything would basically be organized from here. Okay, uh, That's one way to do it. It's maybe a little simpler to do it that way because you don't have to worry about uh, other people's theology and other people's, uh, you know, the, their schedules and so on. You're able to work it out here. 
But there are other places where there are smaller churches that can't really do it on their own to combine with others of like precious faith who might not be the same church name or denomination, but still preach the gospel, and, uh, and then form what we call a multi-church um, organization. And uh, that way, you, of course, you draw on more people, you draw on more finances, you draw on more skills, and so on. So it, it, it all might be more successful that way. Um, but uh, both ways work. Okay, it just depends on you know what your resources are and uh, and how much time and commitment you can put to it. But I've got to tell you this that um, uh, it is gr it's growing. Okay, I mean our growth rate has been between 15 and 17 percent per year of of the number of students we're serving. Okay, um, and we're thankful for that. That's a lot better than inflation. <laughs> and as I said, the number of children coming to know the Lord each year is around 15 or just over 15 percent first year alone. Okay. Um, also what we find is since we're meeting during the school day, we are getting a lot of kids, in fact, in many of the, this is probably hard to believe, but it's true, in many of the release time uh, classes, we end up having actually more kids from unchurched families than from churched families. You know, and you say, how does that work? Well, if you think about why do kids start coming to begin with? I'm getting out of school, right? That's why they're getting out. That's why they're coming. You think they want to be religious? No. Okay, they just want to get out of school. I can remember even as a child, I mean, I was a believer back then, you know, but I was excited about getting out of school, okay? So, I mean, I have to admit it. That was one of the big come-ons was I'm getting out of school, okay? Um, so you end up with these kids, and then when they come, then when they hear that gospel, when I mean, it just, it just, you know, the pop, the scriptures are powerful. You know, it's not just sort of another subject, as you know. Uh, it's it's a life, <laughs> and uh, and these kids, when they get a hold of it, it's amazing to hear the testimonies of some of these kids. So um, I don't know if there's anything else I can say at this point. I don't want to keep all of you, but. Um, Well, well, sure, those things are certainly certainly uh, available, but um, we want to make sure that the school board has to approve this, okay? And uh, if they see that what it really is is a glorified, uh, uh, you know, sort of a party, you know, where we're sitting around drinking Kool-Aid and cookies and, uh, and singing songs, um, they're not going to look very kindly to it. it. It needs to be something that is well-planned, well-organized, this is this is Christian education, you know, and evangelism at the same time. Okay, um, you know, I say in the in the video, uh, we think about missionaries as being someone who crosses the sea, you know, and uh, but I would suggest that a missionary is a person who sees the cross, and uh, not necessarily just one that goes across the ocean. There's nothing magic that happens when you cross the ocean, and I believe this nation is in tremendous need. Of a of a, uh, a tremendous uh, revival, okay. and it's got to start with our kids, uh, because we are now reaping what happened in the fifties and sixties when I was going through college. I mean, all the free love stuff and do your thing and whatever feels good, do it, and that's what's happening now. These people are in our courts, and look what's going on. Um, and we've got to start with these kids. Um, you know, Abraham Lincoln said. 
the children of one generation are going to be the you know the the government leaders of the next generation and it's true and that's what's happening right now in america uh, we just had to reaffirm that in god we trust is our national motto and believe it or not eight people voted against it so there you have it anything else all right, I have a, a, some, a little bit of materials, and I'll give those to, to Dave Bosworth, and I'll let him sort of handle it. I don't have a lot, but uh, you do have a couple of DVDs uh, that, you know, uh, you, you can show. I think I should, did I show it last time? Okay, so if you want to see that at your leisure, maybe you can loan it out or maybe have a special meeting and, and, and uh, see it again. But um, I will do everything I can to help you and encourage you. Um, go to our website and read what you can that's open to you and um, if you want to affiliate with release time bible education with school ministries we'll be happy to talk to you about that um, i can't think of a better investment anywhere okay the bigger bang for the buck is tremendous so um, let me just wrap it up here and then we'll uh, be dismissed tonight okay heavenly father i thank you for every precious one that's here from the youngest to the oldest and lord with you all things are possible now, this might sound like an insurmountable thing, but, Lord, we know that it's possible because we've seen it happen. We've seen you do it. And so, Lord, give us boldness and give us the um, uh, understanding that you can do it through us. So help us to step forward and uh, step out in faith and let us walk by faith and not just stand there. Lord, help us to follow you and do what we know is right, and then you'll lead us as time goes by. You'll give us the contacts. You'll give us the funds. You'll give us the understanding. And uh, you'll give us success. Lord, I thank you for the elders of this assembly, and I thank you for all who are here, the young people and the older folks. Thank you for everyone who's come out tonight and those that are not able to be with us. Lord, I just pray your blessing on this ministry here. And it's great to see uh, such an excitement about outreach and getting the gospel to those who need it so desperately. And we thank you for what you're going to do, for we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake and all God's people said. Amen. Thank you so much for your invite.